Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. This is going to be our last show of the season of the year 2023 because Mama can use some rest. Regardless, today I am joined by master numerologist, mystic seer Remington Donovan. Before we dive into today's rollicking PSYOP coffee talk conversation, I'm reminding you to click that subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment, and to find part two of this podcast and all of my podcasts on both my locals and Patreon pages where paid supporters get access to all of my second half conversations and oodles of bonus content. For as little as $5 a month, this could be you. And I'm holding the vision of it being so. You can find those pages at dannycats.locals.com and patreon.com slash dannycats as well. The holidays are upon us. And as I'm guessing, you have many beautiful humans on your holiday gift giving list. I encourage you to check out my selection of books on my website, dannycats.com. I have books for grown-ups, I have book for, books for kiddos, books for teens, all designed to inspire, to awaken, to empower, to kick in our critical thinking skills, and to teach us how to transform reality with language. You can find all of those through dannycats.com. I feel like that does it for housekeeping. Thanks so much for being part of the Word Up family. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with Mr. Remington Donovan.
How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Uh, doing pretty well. Just getting the angle. I'm sort of moving around because we're still doing some remodeling on the house. So I have a lot of makeshift offices around. Well, it's good to have options. Yay for abundance. Exactly. More options than the one bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah, I'm glad that Vermont is treating you well. Uh, Vermont is awesome. Are you in Arizona? New Mexico. Okay, that's close. Close, yeah. Much different culture, but super close. Um, what part of New Mexico? I'm just outside of Santa Fe. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I used yeah. to go all the time, um, but I, they really got into this, not a lot of the same stuff LA did, so. Yeah, there seems to be like a a, um, a synergistic L.A. Santa Fe thing. Uh, completely. I mean, everyone I know in L.A., like they know where everything is in Santa Fe and all the restaurants and stuff. So, I mean, it's a cool area. I, and I mean, there's a vibe like it's the land is magical. Yeah, for me, it's all about the land. I feel like I need to be near magical land. Some of the cultural things are a little bit annoying, but that's okay. I just slip between the cracks. Um, yeah, Vermont's like that too, though. It's like one of those places that the land is legit enchanted, legit magical. There's vortexes, there's aliens, there's UFO or Bigfoot, well, UFOs. Uh, like energy vortexes that even like the like locals like you know 12 generations Vermont you know kind of back to the land type of person and um, they're just like it common talk to about like aliens and things like that like it's they're not like far out hippies or whatever they're literally like you know they're Vermonters mm -hmm. you know they may be like delivery drivers and, or work for the fuel company or something. So it's not like, you know, my crowd of everyone's all out there with UFOs and crystals and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so it's like, it's really common here. And it's just talked about normally. It's kind of cool. I love that. I find, I don't know if you have this as well, but like in LA, I was like a little bit, edgier than the spiritual community like i swear a lot i was into conspiracies so i kind of didn't fit in so much there but then when i go to like feel into arizona and texas like i do talk about crystals and astrology and all that stuff all the time so it's like finding the place that will tolerate all the sort of like cosmic weirdness that i talk about but people that aren't like so into chiffon and like namaste um yeah, I definitely have probably had a slightly different crowd, but my extended crowd of, of LA or just LA in general is, yeah, they're really into all of that, but there's like the namaste people. And then there's like the, the other people that are into some more hardcore practices. I mean, LA is big enough where you definitely can attract your scene. Um, living in Vermont though, I mean, I'm super open about what I do. And there's a lot of cosmic people here that are super down with it, that are like, know what I'm talking about. Um, and then other people, they just scratch their head, like in the hardware store, trying to explain that you're like, oh, I'm a numerologist and I teach esoteric mysticism, you know? I So I just say, usually I just say I'm a writer. 
Right. Much more digestible. Know your audience. We have to know our audience in terms of what we share about ourselves. Well, too, and then also like applying for like mortgages, all the like straight world adulting stuff that right. you just gotta, I mean, you gotta play the game, but um, like traveling to other countries too, and they'll, you'll have to fill out like your entrance or exit, you know, and give all your, like your sign your life rights away. And um, every time I get asked like profession or occupation or whatever, I'm like, what do, like what do I say? So I'll just put like consultant. But now that I'm a published author, I could just say writer, and everyone knows what that means. It could be anything. Um, probably shocked if you made any money at it. Or around Vermont, my joke is they think you're like our house is pretty cool, and um, they must think like, oh wow, this guy must do so well just from writing. But it's a combination of everything. That's just one aspect of it. Mm hmm. Well, I'm super excited to dive into it. I'm I'm really happy to have you here on the show. I've been a fan of yours for a while. So I used to see you at Guru Jagat stuff in L.A. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember. I think we might have cool. met at her 40th birthday party. I think we probably did. I mean, I've been following your social media and then I think it was Mary Quinn who she reached out so just the timing was really tough because we were in the middle of moving and I got that book deal and they gave me like a few months to write it I mean it's all it was all like exciting stuff but it was a little bit overwhelmed and by navigating buying a house was a lot more challenging and involved than than I thought and then on top of it all it's like write a book oh and we have literally have a newborn so um I was like I really want to do it so I'm glad finally uh everything settled down and you were, you were still open because um I've been wanting to connect and I've been looking forward to doing this so awesome yay um congrats on the newborn congrats on the book who did you publish with uh, my publisher is Hardy Grant um and then it, so I deal with the London office which is Hardy Grant and in America it's Chronicle Books Oh, you know, I found, uh, I was, I was looking, I was looking for links to my books on Amazon and this book came up that I'd never heard of that I was in and it was published by Chronicle Books. And I was like, uh, I was being like really gentle about it. I'm like, you guys have published a large swath of my work in this book. And I don't think I've ever been paid or gave my permission, um, but they were really sweet about it. Um, and they paid me and they were cool. So I'm just kind of like seeing what else I want to do with that relationship. Cause I'm like, well, they liked my stuff enough to put it in another book without my permission. So they must like my writing. <laughs> Are they using it as a reference or? They, I mean, they gave me credit. They, it was in this book called Oh No about boundaries. Um, and like I said, they ended up paying me after the fact, but it was, it was just interesting. Like, wow, I don't, I wonder if there are other publishers out there who've done this. I had no idea, but they were, they were really sweet about it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, I deal with the London people and they're kind of really laid back and really nice. Um, I've sort of had some ties to the marketing end of Chronicle, but everything that's Hardy Grant filters through Chronicle. And then they also have an office in, um, in Melbourne, Australia, but it was people in England that knew of me. And then that's how one of their writers followed my work. And then mm -hmm. they, um, they reached out to me and 
about a numerology book and I had already written what I like to call a shitty first draft. <laughs> so I had that, like, it's redundant. All first drafts are shitty. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally I know of a couple of writers that can oh, pretty much nail it besides going in for like copy editing cleanup, you know, wow. but, um, they, they exist, but, um, that also makes it easier to write. I feel like anyone's stuck on writing a book. That's what I learned. Just write the shitty first draft. You don't have to, you're going to come in, you're going to retool it and it's not a big deal. And so I definitely learned and I've, after this last book that um, I definitely learned to be a better writer, I feel like. But um, yeah, I don't know. I love my London peeps. You know, last time I was in London, um, there's a lot of plaques of like famous writers, like, you know, the, like, what, uh, who's that big one? You know, uh, that one <laughs> of Christmas, Pat, Charles Dickens. Okay. Like his house is there and I was staying near there, but you'll see little plaques like Charles Dickens lived at this house or, um, and I was like, man, I was like, I could like just, it wouldn't be fun to live in London, like write books. And then like a year later, I got, my all my book deals so far are from a London office so in a way I feel like I manifested like I'm not living in London but I deal with London and I get paid in pounds that's interesting do they get it all hung up about your social media presence and you tackling otherwise established narratives or do um, they you about that I um They've never mentioned anything to me, <laughs> you know, and I also have a podcast where, you know, I riff on, a, I rip, I, I, I riff on stuff, but I, I rip into a lot of stuff and I'm a little bit of a shit talker, right. but also I feel like there's some angle that's I'm comedic about it. I mean, I've definitely had some sanctimonious blah, explosions and implosions and unfollows, but um no, I don't know. I feel like in England, it's less of a thing than how it's all unfolding or how it's unfolding and what we're dealing with in the United States. But one of the book designers, she apparently she like listens to the podcast, which is the most revealing. But since, you know, 2020, I've been, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit mindful of like what I share and post. Part of it is, yeah, I have like a book deal. Well, I've a couple now and I'm in the midst of like, I have another one to pitch and it's kind of an open door with this publisher. So I am mindful, but here and there, I got to go on a deep meme rant that I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you for like all being so psyop <laughs> and brainwashed or whatever. But at the same, like, cause like, you know, I'm more of a spiritual teacher and on some level, what I feel is truth. And a lot of these things were taught to me way before COVID ever happened. Right. So prophecies about the world, but at the end of the day, what I'm really trying to get out is like, tools that help people access some level of more infinity of themselves and get some sort of better abundance or prosperity, a better and more fulfilled life. And it's super niche with a lot of esoteric uh, talk, mm -hmm. you know, like tying in the tree of life, mystical Kabbalah and tarot, numerology and astrology. Um, so I'm honestly, I'm grateful for living in LA where if you're good, like all of those things are marketable.
multiple skill sets. <laughs> and then you like Los Angeles, you learn how to create media around it, create content and that, uh, and then other writers and teachers that I know really taught me how all of these ideas have value. You need to start getting them organized and how do you express that content? So like Patreon, uh, books now, workshops, things like that. And so that was just like a, a nuts and bolts learning curve. Mm -hmm. But I do get paranoid sometimes that like my sweet editors in, in England, because they're all, they really are super polite and like really sincere and just very kind. And I'm like, uh, I do think about it, but I also feel like, I don't know, I just think it, my experiences are pretty just open-minded. Like none of this shit is so, like so rattling. Right, nice. You know, like if I, um, whatever, like even some of the accounts that I follow on Instagram, I follow a lot, like, like I always wonder, oh, someone else, oh, you follow this, like, it's like, I really like comedic stuff that maybe would be uh, conservative, but I also follow liberal stuff too, but they're right. so, so boring. Um, and I feel like the people that identify, so there's just more comedic, there's just better memes, really. I'm, I'm really into memes as a, right. as a consciousness warfare. <laughs> yeah, you and David Wolf. <laughs> well, I also think like, like I think the master. they say a sign of tyranny is the loss of humor. So like, there's a certain mindset right now where when you're following them or when I'm following them, like it's completely humorless. They're taking themselves so seriously. And like you, like, I just want to laugh and make light of the ridiculousness that we're all surfing right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, I, I, I guess I feel like in different contexts, maybe I've heard something like that, but that makes so much sense. It's like, um, everybody's getting too serious. Oh, even right. in the beginning of, um, before COVID really amped up, I was going online talking about, oh, there's going to be narratives. They're going to demonize the word conspiracy theory. They're going to create a narrative that if you don't wear a mask, you're a sociopath. Then two weeks later, there's all these articles, you, signs of being a sociopath, not wearing a mask, killing your grandma. So it's like you just see these controlled narratives, right? And then right. you'll see, and I'm sure you're in the algorithm where you'll see like a news clip and it'll be like 25 different news stations verbatim saying the exact people not refusing to wear a mask are sociopaths. Right. And so I posted these articles and then I was like, I said something funny, like clearly these people aren't getting enough oxygen to their brains to like, <laughs> and I was a jab. It was a joke. And this was like, it was like, just like right in the beginning. And then my God, like some like fake witch person was like, how dare you? My friend was sick. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, my God, like the anger, the vitriol, the confusion, and the utter lack of any humor. And now it's like everything I was jabbing about, talking about, and then I just was like, fuck it, I'll just keep posting numbers and whatnot. Um, everything is like, it's all come to light, but then there's people that it still hasn't come to light. And I'm like, what? What algorithm is your life? Yeah. <laughs> Such a good line. 
I mean, do you have people close to you where it still hasn't come to light and you're like, I don't understand because I know you're an intelligent person with a heart? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's because but like you go over to family members and there's just like regular news on the background. And you see, like MSNBC is the worst brainwashing psyop, but um you know, that's all Fox News, whatever. I mean, it's it's all a bunch of shit, but I, I'll look at these just to kind of see that what ultimately at the end of the day, what I'm interested in is the evolution of consciousness. And I'm very interested in human thought forms and how people like they're getting everything directed, like in a certain direction, they're allowing that. And I'm interested in the shifts of consciousness for humanity. And mm -hmm. What is this uh, spiritual shift? And so I'm looking at that lens and that's what fascinates me. And then I like to check the news in relation to crazy astrology, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, is there's gonna be, this is explosive and violent energy. And then there's, I mean, there's always something violent happening in the world, but then it'll be something big headlines, like sometimes literally a volcano erupting or, you know, another tragedy of shootings or whatever. But um, that's like where I've taken it is like, I'm fascinated by how people's psyches sort of get uh, taken in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Even in where I'm sort of like, okay, I think we could tone it down on COVID and where then it's like this whole other it's just there's big extremes but i find it fascinating but um yeah as far as like all of the i don't know i've been like a whole sort of foods natural medicine for the most part person that's what i thought everyone that was sort of alternative or right. to, to spiritual to into you know they're they're into like herbs and they all go to naturopaths and yeah we use like regular medicine there are times there are emergency situations there's times that like i think a whole approach and a wholesome is like you we draw on everything that's going to give us the most benefit yeah but it was shocking to see how many people that i knew even like i used to work at erwan in la which is really like epicenter of like superfoods oh, yeah. And that's, I learned so much between like where different types of uh, cordyceps come from and how ones from Tibet, like actually build your oxygen more because of the elevation and, and so fascinating stuff that you can nerd out on. And then everyone's like super pro the narrative of like, I, they're just addicted to like, you know, big P is weird. It's just, it's weird how, so I'm looking at what, why are people just, where are their minds, where are their standards, where are their, their, like, there's no gumption. There's nothing, nobody's defiant all of a sudden. I know, it's so odd. I think it's in, when were you working at Air One, by the way? I was trying to do the math on this. It was probably around 23rd, let's see, 2012. 2013 to tw maybe early 2014 okay and uh this was like right after these new owners took over and then they got like i worked there it was like the swanky spot yep and um 
I mean, I actually had a fun time. I learned a lot. I didn't make shit for money, but I, if you were in LA earlier, I mean, it was quite a scene. Oh yeah. I, the tonic I, bar was I, the place. I know. I like hear stories like some guy named truth. I know David avocado used to come in and give talks and there was like a lot of raw food chefs. It was cutting edge. Totally. Hell, they put superfoods on the map. Now it's just like an A-list actor, kind of yuppie scene, you know. Um, Completely. Good stuff, but uh, yeah, but you're like, oh, this is like, I'm at the epicenter of alternative health and supplements. Yeah. And then half those people are just like, here's your card. Yes, master, what do I do now? I know. I think it's indicative. It's like kind of a, a, a microcosm macro situation of the Erewhon change where it went from like being like really roots, integrous, high vibe health. And then it moved into like trend and fashion and celebrities. And I wonder if half the people who rolled over would have rolled over if their celebrities didn't tell them to. But I also think the big thing is mind control. And, and in the same way that you're tracking consciousness and looking at like, how is this happening? I'm like, how is the mind control operating through language? And then how can we hack it and free up these people's critical thinking again so that we could come together and get out of this mess? Uh, you, are you asking me? Because <laughs> I don't, like, I, you know, I think about, those exact things, whether, well, I like the, the lens of language, um, but I mean, I don't, uh, to be honest, it's like, I mean, my wife and I, we just, we up and moved. We are just like, this isn't, you know, we actually stood up against like a lot of the mandate. Like, I just, like, how can you, even if you are fine, with doing it, you can't agree with this. And right. then you're labeled like just a, a sicko and you know, everybody's killing everybody's grandmother and then everybody's grandmother who did pass away is alone. And there's so much more sadness and tragedy and developmental issues with yeah. everything that was going on. So it's like, my child doesn't, is not gonna see anybody with a mask on, mm -hmm. never gonna see us at, in that situation. And then, I'm just not, I'm not like, I don't need anybody telling me what to do or to make these choices for me. And everybody in LA just was like, okie dokie, here's, you know, then it's just like, here's my barcode. Here's my digital ID. Like, if you don't, I was like, this seems like the real easy, obvious place to like start making some stand. I was against the Patriot Act, but I wasn't going around making a stand. I, I couldn't up and relocate where I was living because fuck you Patriot Act like I like when Snowden came out in the 2000s like guess what uh turns out the government is like tracking all your stuff and like people were like dumbfounded by that and I was like duh like where did you think that wasn't happening like right. what's what's going on one of my best friends he, um, his mother, who's Puerto Rican, back in the 70s, you know, she was just like a counterculture hippie activist back when they used to actually be counterculture activists, right? Mm -hmm. Like now the, that whole group is like, here's my proof of stupidity. Right. <laughs> but um, 
she hosted, she had friends that were Black Panther members and they hosted some dinners and little talks at her house. She just let them use the space, right? Like just, um, you know, counterculture concepts. Well, when he, when my friend was in high school, they got boxes and boxes in the mail and it was from some release of free, freedom of information. And it turned out the FBI for years, years, like 10, 15 years after this had been logging their phone calls. And I'm literally, it's like him and his mom, she was a single mom, like, Hey, get ready for school or mom, can you come pick me up? I'm like, done hanging out with my friend like basically just slightly hippie regular old all-american life you know with a single mom like trying to go to work and figure out her kid getting to school and that's it and they kept listening so i'm like if they're gonna do that like uh, like now that the technology is there right weird. i just i guess i assumed like that's always been going on because I saw it. My friend showed me those documents. Right. This is crazy. But have you always been more like the mindset of questioning the status quo? Like, I know it says in your bio, you were born into a mystical family, which I'd really like to know what that means. But was your family training you in critical thinking and questioning authority from the get-go? Or is that something you took on yourself along the way? Uh, probably uh, on some level, taking it on myself, but growing up, so I grew up, so there was a lot of teachers came over from the West. Uh, Yogananda was one of the first, and I think he came to America in the thirties, mm-hmm. which is, was, seems super groundbreaking. But then these teachers came by in the sixties. Um, one of them was Swami Satchitananda. Mm-hmm. So, and like, if you watch Woodstock, he kind of opened the whole Woodstock ceremony with some chanting, some talks. And I, I grew up with him. Like I was born, my parent, my dad got into yoga before I was born in New York City, was teaching it. And so there was no talk of, okay, it's our duty to be defiant against the sort of like insane narrative of just living a really unabundant, unfulfilled life full of toxic chemicals and fake shit. Mm-hmm. It just was like, no, here's the, here's an alternative. Mm-hmm. And, nobody made a thing out of it it was just like no this is the lifestyle we're going to choose which is uh, more alignment spiritual practice and so it was very reverent very devotional we had our own school and I was very aware that we were working outside of the normal system yeah my parents had a business everybody people owned houses or rented out people had jobs you know um some people even part of the community they were volunteer firemen. They wanted to do good things, you know, in the community. So that, so my parents were hippies in the way that they weren't politically driven. It was just like, you know what, let's just create a different, let's live a different lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. one of these practices, spiritual devotion. So a lot of my conversations were more about consciousness, about God, about meditation. I had to learn all these different religious traditions. I met you know, spiritual and religious, you know, heavy hitters from all over the world were coming, giving talks, things like that. So, and the the big lens was world peace, which you never hear about anymore. Well, the only fucking thing you hear about is fucking plastic straws, right? right. And, and then 
like your carbon all the time (laughs) and and your carbon emissions i'm like wow the whole talk of world peace and nuclear disarmament and like hey we've maybe as a collective human race maybe we've evolved past this and now all we have is division Uh, the people that were like those same people are probably like super pro like world war three right now that's bizarre but again like as you say that Uh, Like my perspective is they don't even know what they are. They're just letting themselves be used by a larger machine. Their thinking is gone. Like that's my experience. It's like, they're not there anymore. They're just doing what they're told to do. Do you see it differently? Yeah. I mean, no, I totally agree, but it's just, it's, it's odd to me. It's weird. Um, because my default upbringing was just sort of out, outside of that system. And then as, as a teenager, I found, I took my, like what I learned as a kid that gave me a foundation to be very open-minded to really finding what I felt like was my path. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of Western mystery tradition where it's really hard to find like a, a true, adept and all of that lined up and that's also where I probably learned more critical thinking Mm -hmm. and we just I mean it's more of a it's like a you know it's a quieter lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it's just like the idea is there's there's the world and there's the muck and mire of the world that comes and goes politicians world leaders kings queens boundaries of countries they all come and go you're an infinite cosmic soul and you're incarnated on this planet. You have a mission uh, and you have some true purpose and something to align to and you have your spiritual work and that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. You want to waste all of your time getting caught in the thicket of all that insanity. You know, that's probably not the best use of your incarnation. Oh, and by the way, there's like a lot of oppression and weird evil that runs through governments. And right. then that. I learned, I started learning about like things like David Icke and um, UFOs and quote conspiracy theories now, like in, for me, it was like early nineties and none of it was like, you're going to go, everyone's like, you're going to rabbit hole on a weird trip. I'm like, this is interesting stuff. And it's a lot of food for thought. But when did you think all of a sudden governments were like these beneficent leaders for like your everybody's highest good and highest interest. I mean, that's just obvious if you like fifth grade history class. Right, right. But I don't, but um, you know, but a lot of prophecies were revealed to me and since COVID, it seemed like a lot of them have come true. A lot is revealing. And it seems like in this past year, more and more people are like, what the fuck is going on? And yet, here we are still buying into it, you know? I know. It's such an interesting path um, of just watching this, like knowing that this had been planned for such a long time and then just watching it like kind of a slow motion car crash. But then it's, you know, some pieces are going faster, some pieces are going slower. And I, I heard you speaking the other day on your podcast of like, well, all I can do is teach people to be prosperous, like while this is going down, you know, well, like. It- and, yeah, well, I mean, what what can we do? It's like it, a lot of these things are way bigger than what we can control. 
you know, like as far as like mandates in Los Angeles, which was one of the strictest places, but New Mexico seemed oddly strict and weird. And um, I feel like what it is, is this weird consciousness. It's almost as if some sort of dark entity almost just is taken over because I go to places now and it's like, there's a missing link. Oh, completely. And we were, Gina and I, my, that's my wife, we were, um, I know you guys have been emailing stuff, but we were looking for places, the Southwest, we love it, we love New Mexico, and we drove through going to Texas, and the whole vibe shifted as far as what we were used to, and it's like, they were so strict and paranoid about everything, um, but uh yeah, but like we were fighting it in LA, but we couldn't do anything. Like it's like we didn't vote our way out of it, and we didn't like we called all the city councils. They literally said, um, "You know, if you don't like this, you can leave." I'm like, "Well, fuck you! This is our home. Like this is this is where we're rooted in community, and like, you know, a lot of people, especially Gina, worked in film industry for a long time." you can't oh you're not in, always in a position like you're dependent on that you yeah know? oh you can just leave we happen to be empowered enough to do that but I feel like we were forced out and yeah. so then I thought well okay I wasn't never that into politics but I guess local politics have more an effect on my life and people's lives than I ever dreamed possible right it was revealed and um nothing changed so we just we got out um partly because we found out we we're having a kid i'm glad that my mom lives in vermont because vermont's pretty cool but um you know that sort of triggered like a place to relocate yeah like, we love things and stuff like that but i i don't like I don't know. People are definitely aware. I mean, there's a whole, it's like there's two timelines. And there's people that are just like, well, this is a joke. And I think whatever it is, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like creating things that are more prosperous for people, that's the way to cause change. And that feels like a rebellion to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And that it definitely attracts me to your work. Um, I'm curious in terms of like, cause you mentioned what was going on in LA, New Mexico had like a really gross tyrannical vibe and in your mystery tradition, your studies, your, your magical sensing of things, are you connecting any of this to geomancy to specific power spots on the planet that are inspiring these tyrannical psychopaths to lock down harder in specific places? They definitely go for energy grids, for sure. They know that, or they use those those places as like a PowerPoint. But um, but this is just my theory right now, um, is that you're better off going to the, like usually it's a lot of cities that, you know, are, you have intelligent people, you have creative people. It was all the people that I thought on some extended level were my extended people, right? I could go to New York City, you go to a coffee shop, whatever. Everyone's like a little artsy-minded, cool, sensitive, uh, you know, not the immediate people that I hang with, but I'm like, yeah, this is 
this is my extended universe of, of people or in LA. And I think that why don't you go after immediately people that, I don't know, somehow those became the most susceptible. And I think that maybe it's like, if we go after the people that are maybe are a little overly educated, well, then we really can lock it in and sort of spread the message. Mm-hmm. I feel like these people are, like, I can't imagine going to the college right now. Oh, hell no. Hell no. So, but as far as power grids, I mean, it's always those places. Obviously, New York City is some power grid, but that's like one of the most significant cities in the world. So you might as well go there. It's like some consciousness attack. Like if you were like, I'm going to start World War III with bombs, you're going to go after these major cities. And I feel like it was these major cities that got just like duped the most and bought into it. And people are still into it. And they're angry if you're not into it. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. It's like, okay, you can be all hung up on this. Why do you care whether I am or not? Who cares? Who cares if I don't have the Ukraine flag as my profile picture? Why do you care? I I posted a meme that was like, um, this is, I love memes. These are smart. So I'll post, and it was like, worst opinion ever starter pack. You've probably seen this one. It was like, let's get vaccinated. We could do this together with that little seal, a blue check mark. Uh, a Ukraine flag and something else. And then I posted that because it's really clever. It's yeah. smart humor. I mean, and then um, oh, I actually only had one person. They were like, you know, that's where I get offended about innocent people getting bombed. And I'm like, don't you get it? Like the whole point of that was that you're putting an emoji and you think you're making a difference. Right actually supporting the killing of other people is okay and it seems very pro-war to me right and like but where do you think that what is what are you doing like are you I actually we have a friend a very close friend of the family very close friend to my um to my wife and her like from childhood uh and she actually has a Ukrainian family living with her because she was getting all this work done for her company. And it was happened to be a lot of people in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I actually have been meaning to help support financially to give some money because uh, I'm not going to host a family. Like that's the reality, but like, she doesn't have a, 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 a flag emoji in her social media. She just was like, I know you guys, come live with me right now mm-hmm. like that's like that she's helping right yeah but that I just felt the arrogance of that person getting so offended was very interesting and this was like the psychology of it I'm like so you think you're making a difference right yeah. but and also like the selective like well do you care about what's going on in Somalia in Lebanon like in Pal- like you know it's like you're only caring about what the media is telling you to care about, which is just an intelligence test that you're failing. Yeah, as everyone just is going for the next thing. And that's what's weird. I know. It's like the people that I thought were open minded and cool and different and potentially sort of counterculture, meaning like, oh, I don't really believe in all of the established conventional wisdom of institutions. And now these are the ultra pro big corporations, pro like FBI surveillance, pro big state, big brother, pro- yeah. like, Pro censorship. 
Pro, oh yeah, that's really my big final line. It's like censorship. Me too. And it's like what you can't think anymore. You can't think out loud. And then I, what I got to keep, we get accused of back when people were ultra imploding, but I think I've weeded most of those people out. If you're following by now, you don't care, you get it. Um, but um, like they were, when I was posting about free speech, like when Parler got taken down, I'm like, and then someone's like, but that's all for like white supremacists. I'm like, you know, I actually was on Parler and it was literally like Sean Hannity talks about going to Olive Garden. Like there was nothing on there. I'm sure maybe in some deep world algorithm, but that's the setup. You just take simple things. And I notice everything that I'm into or do now has all been deemed like um, extreme right or alt right. And I'm like, right. I'm not. I'm exactly the same. Like I literally found articles that are like motherhood is a tool used by the extreme right. I'm like, what? Cause what? you didn't like abort your child. Now you're, you know, like it's weird. Gene even found things about raw milk. Like everything that's like the back in the day sort of hippies back to land. We just want to operate outside of the system when we want to be industrious and have autonomy and right. create our own with you know that's all the stuff now that's like getting labeled some level of extremist or you're not just buying into the program and people are falling for that shit yeah motherhood raw milk natural health natural immunity is racist um also research research is is an alt-right extremist activity oh, yeah New York Times tell you don't go down that rabbit hole. No. Literally, just don't think for yourself, but it's it's the repetitiveness. Like people, like I don't I don't get news from the news. And you know, maybe if there's some crazy, you know, event, but even then I, I still question everything. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, these are the same people that thought, oh, why are we going to Iraq? A basis of weapons of mass destruction right like these are people like, no we can't do that and then now these are the same people that are like no and now they fucking love like george bush and cheney it's weird I George Bush from like a darling of the political left i was like that's when i was like this is fucked up man and this is a fucked up war and i'm anti-war yeah same same well i'm pro-peace <laughs> yeah well that that's a better that's a better positive affirmation which is actually in my prosperity book so thank you for that I'm you're welcome i'm plugging your book <laughs> uh, I, I well i'll have chronicle mention you but i don't know if i can afford to say it um the yeah i'm pro peace that's how i grew up i grew up with like there used to be like nuclear dis you know disarmament movements and things yeah and, that's where I feel like it all got psyoped at the plastic straws. And can know. I just say when the plastic straw psyop hit LA in a big way and everyone was virtue signaling around it. And so that was a kid's book report and he made up his stats and then the news blew it up. So I would ask for straws everywhere I went and I was treated like such a scumbag for you know, being so horrible is to ask for a straw. <laughs> Basically, or, yeah, you are ruining Mother Earth. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, in the magical tradition, in, 
philosophically, we're environmentalists in the sense that like, um, we want things of a high energy and we, we want to be as close to nature as possible. But then, yeah, you need a straw sometimes. You need like, you're out and about, but it's interesting because I mean, sh I sure, I, I think cutting back on plastic overall would be good, but there's a really good book, um, Apocalypse Never. Um, Schallenberger, I think his name is. He's an environmentalist, um, mm -hmm. environmental scientist, and he just breaks it down really level-headed. And a lot of these problems make sense to me that like a lot of these poorer countries, that what they need is just slightly better infrastructure. And he talks about every, like, it's basically, it's white privilege, really. Environmentalism in a way, is, as, we, as it is now, not just like let's clean up this toxic lake and, and acid rain, but like this climate narrative, because you're going in and it's a lot of Europeans too, telling people in the Congo, well, you can't burn charcoal fuel because we have to protect the gorillas. And the thing is these people have no infrastructure and this is how they li literally eat. This is how they cook food. This is how they warm their, like basically mostly shacks and huts. And we're going and saying, well, you can't use this. But there's no alternative. And so he said so much could be changed if we were able to create a little infrastructure. People could plug in a little stove that they could cook with in a heater. Guess what? They're not going to use uh, charcoal. Right. And no thought about. And so that book really was a, a, an eye opener to me. I never even thought about it because I was like watching pictures of the Amazon burning or farming. I was like, what? Well, he breaks down how the Amazon isn't the lungs of the world. Mm. It's a really good read. I think people should, because he's not even, he's a climate guy. Mm -hmm. it's like we're not the way that it's, everything is being handled. Like the best option is let's like, you know, cleaner energy, but infrastructure in these poor countries, like Europe has already pilfered everything. And then you can go in, it's, it's literally the most, I don't use terms white privilege, I'm saying it facetiously, but it literally is the definition of what people say is white privilege. To tell other people that are completely disenfranchised that can't, you know, need to farm to barely sustain a life, but you can't do that. Right. But isn't it industry versus people? Because I think that's, one of one of the tools or weapons that they're using to divide us is to make it think that it, it's like my individual, you know, two straws a week versus Nestle, who's, you know, making plastic water bottles, you know, the companies that are still manufacturing styrofoam, when I order something, and it comes in like, you know, wrapped in plastic, like 12 times over, you know, like they're inviting us to I don't even want to say reduce our carbon footprint because that whole th that whole thing is a scam. But like none of the industries are taking any responsibility and they're the biggest planet rapers of them all. Yeah, the military industrial military industrial complex and fashion are the two <laughs> biggest destroyers of the planet. But it's more it's interesting, the consciousness of self-righteousness about a straw and then Amazon priming, and then the list goes on and on. Right. Yeah, like, 
I mean, what I'm concerned of now is it's starting to seem apparent like, oh, this is going to be a great tool to like, there's already companies starting to basically monetize and use the things we have for free as a commodity, like fresh air. And like that there's ownership there. And then, oh, you exceeded your carbon footprint. uh, So you can't, you know, do anything more. You can't go anywhere. Um, These idiots in Vermont are pushing for electric cars only by 2035. I'm like, Vermont's the second most rural state. And if the fourth, now I believe California is maybe the fourth legit. It used to be the fifth largest economy in the world. I think it's now maybe the fourth. And they don't have the infrastructure to utilize, to have people run AC on a couple hot days now. Exactly. And so I'm like, Vermont, you guys, this is like, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, you can't even charge your cell phone or use it in half these places around right. here. And right. it's just mountains and, you know, like, it, literally, you could get lost in these woods here. So it's like, it's an interesting notion. It seems like a good idea until the reality. And you're like, oh, this doesn't work. And I can only go a few hundred miles in my car. And you just can't, it's like, you can't, like, the iPhone didn't come about because you made a flip phone illegal. Exactly. Well, and I also, I mean, because there's so many scams and there's so much misinformation around the climate change conversation, which was birthed out of Club of Rome as a total Hegelian, like, problem reaction solution. But back in the day, I don't know if you were in L.A. when everyone was driving um old diesel Mercedes that had been converted to run on veggie oil. And we had underground recycled veggie oil co-ops going where like, you know, really smart people would go to like M cafe, pick up all of their oil at the end of the night, you know, do whatever. And it was the government that put the kibosh on that because they weren't able to tax it and they weren't able to control us. So I think the idea that any of our solutions are going to come through these governing bodies that really hate us is delusional. All right, superstars, this is the part of the podcast where we step away from the public platforms to move on to our membership platforms. As you are enjoying this conversation, as much as I am enjoying having it, I encourage you to find the second half over over that word was over on either my locals page or my patreon page those addresses are patreon.com slash danny cats and danny both of those are membership communities where for as little as five dollars a month you get access to all of my second half conversations plus oodles of bonus content unpublished essays, chapters, special discounts on webinars, workshops, live events. So navigate on over to the platform of your choice. Support me there before you go. Thank you for clicking that subscribe button, for liking, for sharing, for commenting. for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum languaging work, about my books, my homeschool courses, 
my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.